Welcome to Nuanced Beauty. This podcast is intended to be a spot where my husband Bill and I will capture some complex thoughts and challenge us to hold to our opinions loosely so that we can see the beauty in others and the beauty in ourselves. I want to challenge us to dive deeper into those everyday topics and those sticky topics that we might shy away from or we might bulldoze over others with our opinions. Because I think there's wisdom in this idea that if we all thought exactly the same, there would be no need for anyone else. So let's have a conversation and let's get nuanced. Welcome back to Nuance Beauty. Hey, guys. Uh, today, I wanted to ask the question, um, what's something you've changed your mind on recently? Uh, this came across my feed, um, and it's less important about how the question was answered. And the more important thing is, can you answer the question? Yeah, I feel like that question is really central to what this podcast was meant to be about. You know, what what are the... The, the the nuances within a discussion that might make you change your mind and, and consider what the other person thinks. And has that actually brought you to the other side of something? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's through a conversation or just through considering what uh considering the topic on your own. Yeah. And um I think that the further from a problem you are, the simpler the solution may seem. And that tends to be where I mean, that tends to be where we think on things is we hear something and we draw a conclusion for ourselves. And unless we dive deeper into the topic, why would we ever choose to think differently? Well, yeah, if you're never challenged in your belief on something, why why would you? That If you're considering a problem that's distant from you, uh, that doesn't affect you directly, which is most of the things that we talk about, uh, you're distant enough that the answer seems simple and you're unchallenged enough that why would you think further about it? Yeah, exactly. So um, with that, uh, I heard that question asked, what have you changed your mind on recently? And I had a moment of pause like, oh, crap. And then I had a flood of answers. Mm-hmm. So I was super like, ding, ding, ding. Hey, yeah, you, you, that's good. I'm doing I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. What And the, the thing, I expand on what the thing is, because I think you took this pretty deeply about like, what does it mean for you as a person? Yes, I did. Because I, I <laughs> what does this mean as a person? Mm-hmm. So I think the point, right? Have you changed your mind on something will show a part of your characteristic. It will show... If you are leaning into curiosity to hear and consider a different perspective, it will show if you uh, are able to have a humble approach to a topic. Um, And that kind of goes back to the whole reason for this podcast is um, being able to have humility, being able to be curious And being able to hold the tension of, here's what I think, but I could be wrong. And the part I could be wrong is what opens up the possibility to think differently than you thought on a topic. See, I don't struggle with the idea of I could be wrong. I struggle with the I could be right. That's why uh, (laughs) Christina and I are so different in this, because 
she had to kind of dig for, okay, what have I changed my mind on? Because she has such strong convictions on everything. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm like, I can think of a thousand little things I've changed my mind on because I don't hold on to anything very, like, loosely i could i could i could think of stories that might be interesting but really nothing is very nothing that's very important is there anything i've really i don't say that hmm, how do i say that uh i i don't have a strong opinion strong enough opinion to change an opinion because i don't have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's where you led but at the end of the day though you do have a thought process that guides your actions. I mean, when I was trying to like help you spark on an idea of what's something you change your mind on, I brought up um, how you feel about politics and their role. Um, I brought up parenting because that is actually a big one for me when I was thinking, um, what have I changed my mind on? So many things in parenting, so many things from how our kids eat, to how we um, handle screens, to how we discipline. Um, and even beyond that, we have two kids now and we have one entering the toddler phase. So that means we have a personality. And now I'm seeing that I have to have a totally different approach from one mm -hmm. kid to the next. Yeah, I, I joked a lot, but there's a lot of truth behind the joke. Right? I, I did have very strong convictions on child raising, on things like screens and things, even like, uh, whether or not you introduce a pacifier. No, no, you don't want to introduce a pacifier. It's going to mess up their palate and be hard to break later. And then about two weeks into having a kid, I'm like, please take the pacifier to stop screaming. Like all those, yeah, all those convictions go out the window. Not, and I think that the difference is I don't feel uh, like guilt over that. And a lot of people might, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you know, what damage does it do to you to change your, your mind? That sounds rhetorical, but I think that it can, like if you don't process it well, when you change your mind on something, especially oh. around kids, yeah, uh, you can carry that. What, yeah, that's actually a good question. Like, what damage does it do to you mm -hmm. to change your mind? Because if if you were coming from, I don't know, if you were coming from a place of high self-esteem, um, it means that you're potentially, like, lowering yourself mm -hmm. to change your mind. If you're coming from a place of low self-esteem, you might feel guilt or mm -hmm. further, I don't know, further like depression because mm -hmm. I can't believe I got it wrong to begin with. What was me? Like I screwed up everything. Well, and there's also, there, there's actual external externalities to that where if you change your mind on something, you're no longer part of whatever group of people that you that. felt strong. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, hmm, I think the other thought here was that, there are things that you can hold strongly to. Like there are lines to be drawn. Well, yeah. Cause I think where, where we went in our, our kind of pre-conversation about this is uh, if you cannot change your mind on something and you have a great example of something uh, that you change your mind. On, I want you to tell that story. Uh, if you cannot change your mind on something, it means something about you and your inability to, to be humble. But if you change your mind on everything, then that, what does that mean for you as a person? I think it means I, you don't have a wave tossed on the ocean. You have no conviction, you. no foundation. So I, yeah. I, I, you know, neither is objectively good. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I really had to dig, dig into, okay, where have I drawn a line in my life? Cause that's where I was like, oh man, do I have any beliefs whatsoever? Have, have I ever stood by a conviction once in my life? <laughs> I can think of exactly one. <laughs> I can think of exactly one time that I actually stood by a conviction in a way that cost me anything. It cost you a lot, yeah. And it cost me a lot. And that was when, you know, I lost my job at, at Seattle Maritime. Uh, but 
uh, aside from that, like I, I got nothing. It seems pretty loose. Uh, but I mean, yeah. So there is a line. It's good to know I have a line somewhere. <laughs> uh, Christina's line's far in the other direction, where like she, you know, it's a hard outer wall. You know, it's the coconut versus the peach. Uh-huh. Um, uh, metaphor that I think I've talked about before. Not, I'm not going to explain it because it's even funnier. If you don't. It sounds awkward. <laughs> it sounds coconut. super awkward. The coconut, coconut and the peach. And the peach. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had an example of something where you kind of, you know, evolved in your opinion of. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, like, um, in sh- first off, like, every episode that we do in Nuanced Beauty comes from the place of me attempting to consider what I think on a topic and be willing to think more loosely. Um, but a topic that we haven't really dove into here on the show, but that came up for me is, um, particularly in church, I would say that I have a much more favorable view of, uh, women preaching. Um, that said, I would say that I still tend toward, uh, complementarian theology. So, um, give a little background context here, um, within, um, different, church groups, there's this idea of egalitarian and there's this idea of complementarian. And those two theologies kind of go around the, um, what I would call a non-Salvitic topic because it doesn't change your salvation. Um, what you think about women in leadership in the church and, um, where, like where you think women and men fall within serving the church. And, um, I could not stress enough that for someone um, who's on the complementarian side, if you rail against that, I think that um, we have elevated the face of a teacher or a preacher, and we've put so much value and so much glam because they're in a highly visible spot that I don't think we necessarily... um, give a a fair weight to people who um, serve the church not in teaching and preaching. Yeah, to give a little kind of theological insight into that, you know, the the passage that I've most heard cited against the idea of women in leadership is uh, uh, two passages that are right next to each other and one that says, that women are are not to preach or not are not to teach rather the word is teach or being uh, no nope, oh, are not are, let me finish this uh, are not to teach uh and hold leadership over a man and then in like the next chapter it says one of the qualifications for eldership is to be able to teach so you have to string those two passages together in order to say that a woman can hold the position of elder mm-hmm. which is something that i think uh exists in scripture uh-huh. uh I think it's not as strong of a of a, a doctrinal stance as uh, people might have you believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it does exist. Uh-huh. It is there. It is it is uh, defendable as a position. Uh huh. And likewise, when you tie in the creation and the order of creation, that if you place some weight in the order of creation, um, that 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 can be applied too. But again, this is where it gets really, really tricky and um, people can quickly um, hear, um, oh, you're against women. Like women can't teach. What do you mean? Here I am, like kind of sort of teaching. teaching. I kind of sort of. <laughs> but not on the, not on a pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, 
it's a tricky spot, right? So mm-hmm. what I am um, getting at here, this is an area where I would say that I have changed my mind and I still think that I, I tend toward a complementarian view where um, I land in preaching and Sunday services and such. I think that there's value in the headship. And I think that um, the model of headship and um, like in a house, being a husband and wife, there's value in that. And I'm not willing to throw that out. And I also see where I trampled all over you in our early days of marriage because I was... And we established earlier in the podcast how trampleable I am. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, because I hold very strong opinions and I want to control things and I want my way. And I think my way is the smartest way because I've thought through all these things. And that, like that lack of submitting to a family and um, allowing for (laughs) other people to be held up and Mm -hmm. respected. That's really where it fall. Like it, um, I see where you cannot flourish in Mm -hmm. that setting. And so that is where for me and my experiences, I've tend to found a comfort in a complementarian view. And with my own experience, I've seen where we can flourish um, in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think almost, it's almost like what you're saying is, and I feel like this is true in a lot of uh, like scripture derived advice is that there, there is, there is practicality to it and whatever absolute capital A, capital T truth there, there is around it. What you're describing is uh, a way of framing a relationship that is helpful for you. Mm-hmm. It's a mental model uh, or, or a mental model or a discipline that's helped you in not being such an indomitable shrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I am able to hold uh, a bit looser to um, just topics in general. Mm-hmm. And the, the beauty in that is that when I have held to very strong convictions about things that don't matter a lot, they damage our relationship. Likewise, when I do the same in friendships, it damages Mm -hmm. friendships. So there's this fine line of like having an opinion and then being willing to change your opinion. The great irony in in this particular conversation is that early in our relationship, like pre-marriage, our relationship, uh, you had been a Christian for longer than me Mm -hmm. and you were were very much on fire at the time. Uh-huh. And you had that scripture in hand and you were beating me over the head with it about how I was supposed to be this leader. Okay. And I did not grow up in that environment at all. I grew up in a very female led home, the very, very a powerful, formidable woman in my stepmom. And I had uh-huh. very close friends who were women who I very much respect. And I was very, I, it never made any sort of intrinsic sense to me that there'd be anything but an absolutely egalitarian view of the world. Uh-huh. And there you were beating me over the head with, yes, but this is what the scripture says. And I'm like, okay, I kind of believe this at this point in my life, but not really. So like, I don't know what that means. And you essentially pummeled me into submission to be a leader. (laughs) No, I didn't pummel you. You 100% did. Okay. And that's funny considering the rest of what your viewpoint of our early marriage was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. A great irony. Yeah, I can see the irony there for mm-hmm. sure. Anyway, this delved, delved a little bit into theology, which uh, was never our uh, original intention for uh, the podcast, but it is something that we find ourselves talking about quite a bit. And we actually wouldn't uh, wouldn't hate your guys' feedback on this, considering launching a, a parallel uh, stream of podcasts 
that talk more about theological matters. Maybe calling it something like, I don't know, we haven't talked about this at all, but like nuanced Christian, yeah. uh, for example. Uh, so I'm curious what you guys think. Hit us up on our Instagram if that'd be something that you'd be interested in listening to. Uh, and if not, we'd probably still do it anyway, just launch it under a different title. So really curious what you guys think. And also, you know, take some time this week to think about what have you changed your mind on? Like, where do you fall on this spectrum? We obviously represent very different parts of the spectrum. Yeah. But I think everyone falls within somewhere between the two of us. All right, guys. Till next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. This is the part of the podcast where we recommend a book for this week. Yes. And as a reminder, the intent is not necessarily to make this a book club or that you read every single book we suggest every week. No, that'd be entirely too many books. All this is just coming from the fact that a lot of the conversations we've had and the conversations that we've wanted to share have come from books that we've read and and topics that we enjoy. So uh, with all the books out there, sometimes it's hard to choose what you like. So this is our contribution. Yeah. And we generally hope that it ties in a little bit with the episode. The book for this week is called No More Holding Back by Kat Armstrong, emboldening women to move past barriers, see their worth, and serve God everywhere. I read this book after hearing an interview with the author a couple years ago, and I thought it was a very uh, well done and well thought discussion on women in the church. Uh, the, The particular story that stuck with me was her exploring the word helper in Genesis when um, Adam is alone and God says it's not good for man to be alone. And uh, he then creates Eve to be a helpmate. So that word uh, in the original language is azir. I could be saying it wrong, so forgive me. But uh, it is used throughout the Old Testament, maybe the new as well. But she shares some examples of where that word is used in other books of the Bible. And I'm remembering where she brings up the word in Psalms. David is crying out to God and he cries out to God to be his helper. And uh, as you might imagine... Uh, to give God the trait of helper, God in all of his power and omniscience and his presence, uh, I think it elevates the word in a way that is contradictory to how we might think about the word in our culture today. Uh, For me specifically, I hear the word helper, and I might think of that book called The Help or the really popular movie they made from the book. And we tend to use that word in a way that assumes a hierarchy and assumes someone is in power and um, people like the people who are helping the person who's ultimately in control. And I mean, I guess if you thought further on it, people cry out for help in need, right? So in that case, and this would be kind of the example from David, he's crying out for help from God. So um, I think there's complexity to the word. And I think maybe in a church setting, that word has been tarnished. And culturally, uh, we hear it in a like subservient or secondary way. And um, that topic was explored in this book. She also did a great job sharing women in the Bible and um, what they're, what they did. Like um, 
in their lives and showing where, again, kind of breaking down some of the culture where women were wealthy business owners in the New Testament and how they played a role and they weren't necessarily viewed as less than perhaps. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this book. If you're looking to dive a little deeper and kind of curious to explore what you think about women in the church, I think this is a great book to start with. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And in the spirit of nuance, I hope you found something that you could agree with and disagree with and still choose to lean in. If you're liking the show, please follow us and share it with friends and leave a rating and review. Until next time.